This episode brought to you by Pornhub. Who needs British TV when you have Pornhub? Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome to Mind Gap. I'm Doug. And I'm Justin. I try to just slow the tempo on that a little bit this time. Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, hope you all had a wonderful holiday. Uh, yes, welcome back from the holidays. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, <sighs> or neither. Or yeah, none. Or nothing. Whatever you guys celebrate or not celebrate, I don't care. Right. It doesn't matter to us as long as you're listening and you're back. Yeah, you're back. Because usually is, this time of year, people ain't doing shit. Right. So what else do you have to do but listen to a podcast? Listen to right. podcast, guys. Listen to our podcast. I mean, come on. It's not that hard. You're sitting yeah. around. You're feeling bloated, a little self-conscious uh, from all that bloated. you've eaten. You're bloated. You've had a lot to eat and drink, right? <laughs> your belly's distended. You've had some family time. Now you're sitting on your couch. You're watching some bad movies. There's no Christmas movies on anymore. There's nothing on the radio that's like, oh, it's Christmassy. What am I going to do? I'm bored. You're listening to a podcast. That's what you do. For God's sakes, do I have to fucking plan your life out for you? What is happening? In-laws are driving you batshit crazy. You're like, you know what? I'm going to put in my headphones, and I'm going to tune them out at least for 60 to 90 minutes. We're here for you. Yes. All I'm saying is we're here for you. And as you prepare... Let us be there for you. For your lovely, lively uh, weekend of the new year. Right. That's right around the corner. Which is the biggest waste of a holiday ever. Right? Really? You think so? Oh, man. New Year's is the worst. I used to go... The worst? I used to go ham on New Year's. Yeah? Like, bad. (laughs) Like... Doug, I have some stories. I have... Beth has some stories. Like, I'm surprised that saint is with me after some of the New Year's. I used to get blottoed blackout drunk. It was not good. Um, Yeah. So, there were some some, uh, not great New Year's that we had. Um, In the moment, it was a really fun New Year's for me. (laughs) But... uh, yeah, I I came to realize that all of that uh, is just it, there's so much expectation built up to. Oh my God, it's the new year. We're gonna have we're gonna get and ring it in together and resolutions and it, all that can just go to fucking hell. Yeah, you go out. Every someone ends up getting in a fight. Everyone ends up getting too way too drunk. No one yeah. remembers it. You're hung over the next day. There's nothing. There's nothing good. That, no, yeah. It's an overblown holiday. Now look, I like doing a low key. Like you, a couple of years, you know, in a row, mm-hmm. we've come, Beth and I have come over, hung out with you and Jill. We mm-hmm. may have had one or two other people over. We've done dinner. We've done a couple board games. Yeah. We've, you know, had a, a couple things to drink and then we go home. Beth and I walk over to the 11th Street Bridge, look north, take in the fireworks at midnight. We'll come back. We'll go to bed. That's fantastic. That's nice. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's this, I, I feel like there is expectation on New Year's that it's going to be this raging, awesome night. And it always fails to be that. Well, no, that it's fucking expensive. Yes, it is not a cheap holiday. Whew, man! Because everyone places, does packages now. Yeah, everyone does packages because it's usually hotel stay. There's usually champagne because everyone has to have champagne naturally. And you're going to be going to either a fancy dinner or a fancy club. Yeah. Like 
all that stuff is highly. But like, all bars and restaurants now do packages yeah. where you pay fifty bucks, you pay a hundred and twenty bucks, you mm-hmm. pay two hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and you get in, you get drinks from you know nine to midnight, or and you get you know dinner and you get a show or whatever, like whatever yeah. the deal is. But you're paying anywhere from like fifty to two hundred bucks to get into a place and. They're they're gouging you on 100%. these things. It's yeah. like it's like Valentine's Day. Yeah, where it's like, wait, why do I have to pay this much to go eat dinner? Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, if people like it, I that kudos to you. It's just, I I feel like, I don't know if I got old and I got what? boring, or if I got woke. Doug, I don't know. One of the two. But gotta stay woke, motherfucker. Gotta stay woke. But I I mean, it just is. It's such a. It just it doesn't have the the oomph that it used to have. Well, I think given my temperament, it's obviously not my holiday. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> never has been. Uh, Except when you put on the diaper and the baby New Year's sash and top hat. That is awesome. Yeah. Only you can pull that off. And I just shit. Everywhere. I'm just like, ah, ha, ha, I changed my diaper. <laughs> and then everyone everyone goes, Doug got. Like, party's over. <clears throat> Doug got way too Party's over. Year. When Doug shits, the party's Remember over. Remember when Doug pooped in the baby New Year costume? Yeah. That's yeah, not good. Yeah, no, I I think um, I I never quite understood that one. I people are always looking for an excuse to go party and, and sure. get hammered, and I'm like, that's why St. Patrick's Day um, and 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 holidays like that. I'm like, St. Patrick's Day is totally different, Doug. This is such a fun holiday. Sure, <laughs> um, it's cheaper and it happens during the day. Um, <laughs> uh, it's the only holiday where people get up at five in the morning to get hammered. Right. But like like those, I'm like guys, you don't that in Arbor Day. I was like guys, you can just do this whenever you want. Like right. you don't need to do a holiday, right? Because I'm also like not big on a whole bunch of people doing it at the same time because it's just it, a crowds. I can handle crowds to an extent, but at some point I'm just like fuck that. I'm out. Like I'm not. I'm not going to be around for that shit. Especially when it's a crowd that's been most of them have been drinking all night. Yeah, that never spells. Success. Hey, everyone. Yeah. We had a great successful night. That doesn't happen. I also, working at the hotel, I hated New Year's because you went from Christmas. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine that. Christmas, which was so quiet. Yeah. And then just a few days later, you'd have so many people just pile in all day just so they could go out. And we'd have to do stupid shit. We'd have to have them sign waivers. Mm. We'd have to be like, hey, who are the actual people staying in your room? Because we didn't want people coming back and having parties. And it was just a bunch of bullshit, and yeah. I hated it so much. And I remember I would be from, like, 3 p.m. to, like, 7 p.m. It was just nonstop, but then it was dead silent yeah, yeah, yeah. the rest of the evening because nobody, everyone was out. Right. But, God damn, leading up to that, it was just wall-to-wall people checking in and just, like, dealing with a whole bunch. I want a suite. I want this. I want that. I'm just like, fuck off. Like, right. who gives a shit? You guys are going to get hammered, come back. Probably have drunken sex and then wake up and leave the next day. Right. And everyone wants a late checkout the next day, too. Right. Or one of you is going to be thrusting and then one of you is going to be crying. Yeah. Because that's just, it was nothing like you hoped it would be. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think a part of the issue with that is just the expectations. That, and I, I also really didn't, I, I think people are too overblown. And we've talked about this briefly of like the idea of the New Year's resolution. Yes, yes. It's fine at the <clears throat> core, but people are like, it's time, this year sucked, and next year I'm going to do something different right and this it's and i'm like, all f- look the thing is i'm all for that yeah like yes absolutely if you want to i think there's no better time than to go cool what did i do this year another year in the book like we can chalk it up we're, we're closing the we're 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 reconciling our uh our, our bank registry here we're, we're checking off the bank registry of life yeah you know we're making sure everything balances out how did the year go 
Were we in the green? Were we in the red? Yeah. Were we right in the black? Like, how did it go? And what do we want to change for next year to make it an even better year? Yeah. Absolutely. But to go like, you know, I'm going to hit the gym immediately. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to travel. I'm going to do that. Like, you're, it, it, it's, it's this, it's the expectation of I can do so much more. Like, setting realistic thoughts, setting realistic expectations will make you so much happier because you won't fail at it. You won't. You know, you're not going to have the sense of, I'm nothing. I couldn't even do the gym. So Is glad your... you brought this up, Justin, because we're talking about SMART goals. Right. You know, I forget what the S stands for, uh, but M is measurable. A is attainable. Does S stand for SMART? Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, specific. Specific, <clears throat> measurable, attainable. Um, I don't know. Whatever. The other two. S-M-A-R? Yeah, I don't know. Reachable? Sure. T, tangible. <laughs> But these things where we, we talk about this uh, in like giving feedback and the idea of, first of all, yearly reviews, not okay. No. I think even personally, you should probably do quarterly reviews with yourself, mm -hmm. if not weekly. Yeah. You know, you should be like, all right, cool. What's, what are my goals for the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter? So that you're not like, by the end of the year, I'm going to do this. And all of a sudden you're like, well, fuck. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yeah. shouldn't be a mad dash to do something at the end of the year if you can just sort of steer that, that goal yeah. through the whole year. And, you know, you don't want to be like, all right, I want to lose 20 pounds in two months. Right. It's like, mm, okay. Like, unless you're going to go on the biggest loser diet where you're just, it's it's working out nine hours a day and eating, like having a live-in dietitian, it's mm -hmm. not going to happen. You're going to sit, you're going to be disappointed in what your results are. It's like, okay, cool. So how are you going to measure that? Well, uh, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. Right. Uh, I'm not going to happen. I'm going to eat 1,200 calories a day. And, not going to happen. Uh, I'm going to check the scale every day. It's that like, will okay, happen. Okay, what do you currently do? None of that? Right. All right, cool. Well, let's back up. Mm -hmm. What do you think is reasonable for working out? Twice a week? Do you think that's fair? Yeah. Cool. You want to do like maybe 2,000, 2,500 calories? Cool. And in, in what time frame do you want to lose this? You want to say maybe four months? Right. Five months? That seems better. Right. Because, yeah, it's that there's a reason why the, the hacky joke of, you know, beginning of the year, everyone's at the gym, and then right. by February, everyone's not. And it's, it's not like, even a hacky joke. If you go to the true. fucking gym, it's packed the yeah. first two months of the year. Of packed. Because people are like, I'm doing it. The gym at work, at our oh, yeah. office, is it's miserable. Like, mm -hmm. everyone who regularly goes to the gym throughout the year, they like my boss and, and Rob, and they, they'll always talk about the the first two months of the year, they're like, I didn't, I'm not going to the gym the first. They will boycott the gym because they don't want to deal with the crowds, but they know by March... And they're like, ah, oh, back to normal. Great. Yeah. Because everyone falls off. The people that are sticking with it are sticking with it. <laughs> right. They're the ones who gone. actually fucking work out and, and do it in a very reasonable manner. Yeah. So I think, in, you know, on paper, it makes sense. You know, hey, this is where we're looking back at the year. You know, what was good? What was bad? Right. You know, what do we gain? What do we lose? It never and is there anything forward. wrong with, with uh, assessing. But I, I think that it's, it's, a, it's a cheap disguise to, for people to just go out and get hammered. It absolutely is, yeah. And I'm it, like, hey, far be it for me to judge if that's what you want to do, whatever. But I also don't like the idea. It's like, we don't need an excuse, man. Right. Every holiday is a holiday to get hammered. Sure. You know, like. Well, the other thing, too. You know what? Congrats. It's a Saturday. Go get hammered. Yeah. Any day. Like, it's that's Tuesday. That's what I'm saying. Guys, we don't have to wait until right. the end of the year to do right. this. I mean, you, you can, can pick a weekend and just right. do it. Just like, go, go, go hog wild. Have fun. Exactly. Get out there and blow off some steam and do whatever you need. Make some bad decisions and then move on. Sure. You don't need to wait till one. Because if you bottle that shit up. It's like anger. 
Mm-hmm. If you bottle it up, you don't let it out t- except once a year. Yeah, um, it's not going to go. It's not going to go well for yeah, you. I know some people. Everyone has their holidays. What right. I've learned over the years as I met different people, like people have yes. certain holidays. They're like, "This is my holiday." Yeah, like Drew, fucking yeah. loves Halloween. Oh, that's his, that's know? his yeah. jam. Yeah, and there's other people I met where like it's St. Patrick's yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. people it's Valentine's Day. Sure. Uh, me, it's Fourth of July. Um, not because of America, but just because I love where it falls in the middle of the year. Yeah. It's warm. Usually involves barbecue. Right. I've had a tradition now for the last four, five, six years of going back home, spending it with my family. Yeah. It's just, it's a nice, like, calm, yet somewhat exciting. And it's very, like, it's not crowded. It's True. like, there's there's a lot of positive, I don't know, there's a lot of great things for me for that. Yeah, I obviously used to love Christmas growing up as a child because presents and shit like that. Naturally. As I've gotten older, I've been like, if it's just holidays with, like, me and my immediate family, I'm cool. Um, <laughs> you know. Obviously, spending it with Dave, that was a tradition for a while. He would come in and spend Christmas with us, and that was awesome. But, like, as you start moving out, I'm like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah. But anyway, as we're talking about, you know, <clears throat> yeah. reassessing the year and setting smart goals and, you know, things of that nature, well, you looked like you had something you wanted to say. I did. I did <clears throat> want to just touch one other brief moment on expectations. Yeah. And just, I, I, I find it fascinating how expectations almost – Always, as a constant, almost always lead to disappointment. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I wanted to Why just do you kinda, think that is? I was going to say, I want to unpack that just a little bit, because I, I don't know, is the thing. I, I think people build expectations, the pure nature of expectations is that you have personally invested a thought, a feeling, an emotion on how the outcome of something. Mm-hmm. I expect it to go this way. I'm putting, I've got hope writing on this. I've got happiness writing on this. I've got maybe anxiety writing on this. And when it doesn't go the way that you're hoping, it's similar to like when someone uh, expresses a different political view as you or a religious view. You've got so much of your identity or your yourself, just your, your own person yeah. tied up in this thing that when it's not, it feels like part of you has died. Yeah. And I feel like the expectations, so the expectation for a New Year's to be this epic night, the expectation for this next year to be the best year and I'm going to I'm gonna kill everything in the first month of the year and it's going to be nonstop awesomeness. And then when that doesn't happen, you, ha- you tank so much harder and it's so much harder to come back from that. Yeah. And expect, so it's not bad to have expectations, but you have to, I don't even want to say if to limit them. You've just got to, you've got to manage your expectations. Mm-hmm. You've got to, you've got to really wrangle them and, and, and figure out what is a, what's a reasonable expectation to have. Cause it's very easy for those things to get bloated and out of, out of control. Well, I think you can apply, obviously <clears throat> expectations to every facet of life, like work, you know, you're starting a job. Ideally, your boss would be like, hey, here's my expectations for you. What are your expectations for me? Right. Because you want everything to flow. You do want to be like, you know, my mind, my expectation is you're going to be on time every day, which you should be, but your expectation is like, eh, anything from on time to 15 after is fine. Right. That's on time. That's, you know, that's 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 going to create a problem if sure. those expectations aren't sort of like, or someone's like, hey, I work really well without much direction. Right. So please don't micromanage me. Or like, hey, I need a lot of direction. I need you to tell me exactly what to do. Like those are those are important things to have. Right, or right. expectations for entertainment. You know, is, is a movie going to go the way that you think it is? Is it not? You know, right. does that shape? Obviously, you expect something and you get a curveball. It's like, ah, that didn't go the way that you thought. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Sometimes it's surprising. Sometimes it's upsetting. Sure. Um, you know, and then, of course, you go to expectations just for your regular life. Like, 
Generally, people want st- stable. They want uh, happiness. You know, they want that sort of stuff. So when, or for example, you know, take something as simple as a vacation. You know, the reason why I think when I've gone to Disney World and I see families having the, the stereotypical meltdown, it's like people had expectations for the day or for the entire vacation and it's not being met. And people are like, I spent time, I spent money, I'm spending energy. It's not going the way that I want. Therefore, emotions happen in right. that sort of regard. And it's it's tough to sort of manage that sort of stuff. So I think a big thing is setting expectations and then managing them, I think, is what you, what you said. Yeah. Moving forward is like, okay, cool. We said this, but has that's still the same. Right. And again, um, is it a realistic expectation? Yeah. Is it something that I, if you really examine it, yeah. that you know is not possible and you're just going to be let down by it? Yeah. Like Jill and I started doing this thing where we uh, do a check-in once a week okay. with each other just to talk about the past week. Give each other shout outs for things that went well. Give each other any sort of constructive feedback for things that didn't. And then also talk about what the plan is for the upcoming week. That's What do we have going on? That's awesome. Just because I got to a point where I was like, I really feel disconnected from you right mm-hmm. now. And I don't think this is like, I feel like we're strangers to a certain extent. Yeah. So I was like, would, this sounds really silly, but I'm like, would you be cool if we just did this? And she was like 100%. And I feel like that's kind of in the vein of like managing each other's expectations because we're also talking about, hey... What's going on with Natalie? Hey, when this situation happened, what could we have done better? You know, what do we want? You know, yeah. like what's working, what's not? You know, and things like that, and sort of managing that sort of stuff. And that, that's been super helpful for me and her. I feel like it's it really rekindles like our connection just yeah. doing that. Like, it kind of reinforces the fact that you guys are teammates in this. Yeah, like you're 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 partners. Yeah. You're doing this. You're hand in hand. You're side by side. You're doing it together. You're conquering. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like that. That's it's it's lame and silly but in uh, in fluffy to some degree but it's like applying that stuff I've learned from my job and putting it in my personal life I'm like this is super important I was like I'm expected to check in with my boss once a week and I'm like at right. work I'm like why wouldn't we meet with each other once a week just to do like a quick 5 to 10 yeah, to yeah. see how things are going well, especially and, when you've got a kid too I feel yeah. like it's a whole different uh yeah. I mean that that's that's a very great uh exercise to to implement even if you don't have a kid, sure. Anytime you're you're in you're hand in hand with someone in something with someone, yeah. But especially when you have a kid too, because like to your point, like, hey, this when this situation happened, I handled it this way. Yeah. You thought I should have handled it this other way. Here, that's how you would have handled it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the both approaches and let's figure out when this comes up again. Let's have a united front on that. Yeah. And that's just gonna make you guys better. It's gonna make your family stronger. Just, you know, right now, it's like me being more aware. Yeah. Because like, situations will happen. You know, like I kind of told you off mic, like today, Nally was getting frustrated with me, so she actually like she she like hit me. And because Joe and I have been talking a lot about being emotionally aware, being self aware situations, I didn't freak out. Right. Like normally, I'd be like, "What? Right? What did you just do?" But I was like, I was able to look at the situation. Like she's frustrated because I'm not giving her what she wants immediately. Right. So this is her way of communicating that. At this age, she doesn't have a lot of vocabulary words. She just has to keep repeating herself. And if she doesn't get it, she will either try to bite sometimes, or she hits, or right. slaps, or kicks because she doesn't know how to express her emotions. There's no words that can Dad, I'm really pissed off about this. Yeah. Like that does that's not like, there. the only thing I can do is talk to her like a human being, but yeah. she doesn't have much of a response. She doesn't know what to say, so her frustra- her way of dealing with that sure. frustration is doing that. So I tell her no, and then I calmly explain, you know, "Hey, look, we're going to get this. You're going to get what you want, but it's not going to happen right away." Right. So I need you to and she still doesn't understand that, but I'm like, "I'm going to calmly yeah. speak to her like a human being." And we're going to get there. And because we've been talking and checking in, I'm like, I'm more aware 
of that because there's times where I'm like, hey, you know, and like just <laughs> like just really like, what did you just do? And I'm like, whoa, 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 yeah. like you know. And there's times where that needs to happen, right? You know, there's times where it's like I need to scare her because something's going to happen. I want her to be like, oh shit, dad's right. serious about something. I know that I should probably not. Yeah. Go anywhere near what I'm about to do because yeah. this is bad. Like, you want to kind of reserve that mm-hmm. for when it needs to, like, yeah. give the appropriate response for the level of severity. Like, when you yeah. yell, you want her to know that, okay, that's a really bad thing that I got sure. that I got that response out of him. And honestly, I don't want to sit there and just emotionally damage my child oh, by fuck yelling no, at her no, either, no. you know. Yeah. But there's just certain times where, like, I need to get her attention. And, and that, that comes on me, too, um, just having the patience to call that because there's just certain things that like are triggers for me sure not because i've seen things but like if a child's hitting another child or another person i'm like nope we're done right we're done yeah. whatever whatever you think you've got going on positively we're we're gonna go the opposite direction we're now. shutting that down yeah i'm gonna shut that down any way that i can yeah you know uh so any sort of physical harm that someone's doing nope we're right. not doing uh if someone's being incredibly rude or disrespectful or like say at someone else's house and like damaging something or maybe like making a mess i'm like nope we're done we're not doing that like you know so i just i have certain expectations going back to that for how i think my child should act and right now she doesn't know i understand what those are sure we're trying to teach her yeah we're trying to be like hey you know when you eat when you're done you don't just flip your your thing over (laughs) and throw food everywhere the thing is as much as all of us would like to do that you know, it's one of those things where she she looks at us, she says, all done, and she yeah. makes the, the sign language for all done, and then yeah. we're like, great, and we will take it away from her. Right. Because sometimes she just gets a little crazy. Or if she doesn't like something, she usually takes it out and she tries to hand it to us, and we're like, put it, just put it back on your plate. Right. You don't have to eat it. You can just put it right there, and it's But this doesn't go. need to be removed from this, the vicinity immediately. She's just like, ah, yeah. guys, I don't like this. We're like, cool, we get it. Just yeah. put it back on your plate. You don't need to – don't address it. Just yeah. put it down and, and ignore cool. it. Yeah. Just put it back in there. Right, right, right. It's all good. So – it's it's teaching those expectations and, and, and she's not even two yet so right. it's like there's a long way to go for that <laughs> sort time, of stuff yeah. so but for me it, it's kind of like because I'm not used to having someone that doesn't understand that stuff I think that's a that's a trigger for me too is sure. because I mean I see adults that do this shit and I'm like you're a fucking asshole right like, would well, you kind of wonder did the parents not like is that a result from not being corrected young or is that something that has just always been bred into that like. Regardless of what the parents did, that was always going to come out. I think part of it is like your environment. Like if you live in a city, there's just so many goddamn people here that people just feel like they can do what they want. Right. Someone's going to litter and, hey, pick that up. They're like, fuck you. Right. And walk off. That's the worst. <laughs> I've actually had that conversation. I've had that happen. Like yeah. someone drops something like, oh, you dropped this. He's like, fuck off. And I'm like, I didn't yell at you. I just, I literally, human to human, said, I'm sorry you dropped this. And they could have turned around and go, I know, I intended to litter. I know. Mm-hmm. And then walked away. But me just, because again, you don't know. Like if I accidentally dropped something, I would want someone to tell me. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh shit, I'm sorry. I didn't even I didn't even realize I dropped that. Yeah. So I'm sorry, you, you, you dropped this. Fuck off. I'm like, great, that was totally not necessary. Yeah, or you, know? you go down to like the trains and people are smoking you know, <laughs> on the platforms. And I watched a guy call someone uh, out. Yeah. And this guy's like... To be fair, the guy who's calling him out was kind of following him around. Yeah. The guy's like, I swear to God, you follow me around, I'm going to fucking punch you in the face. And I was like, you know, part of me wonders if maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago, we all as a collective would have stood up and said, hey, put your cigarette out. Right. You're not, that's, that behavior is unacceptable right. as a society. But now things are so different that, A, I don't know a stranger and I'm not going to talk to him because they could be, you, you've seen, 
I was going through my Facebook feed and I saw the old poop sock. I don't know if you remember that I thing. I saw that the other day, too. Yes. Yeah. Where a guy Thank basically, you for posting that to my <laughs> guy basically, you know, filled a sock with poop and then ran in the blue line and hit someone across the face with it. Like, yep. that's the kind of thing that happens around here. So Poop sock. Poop sock. You know, and that's – you just don't know. And I'm like – it also goes back to the fact, too, where I'm like, you don't report to me. I'm not your boss. I'm not your dad. You know, like I have no real authority over. I you. have no real authority, but from human being to human being, I think it could be pretty easy for me to be like, "Hey, look, as a general courtesy, could you not smoke?" Like, stop, man. Yeah. Like, cause there's some things where I'm like, "Look, I'm not gonna, whatever." Yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna just. Oh, I'm not gonna get up anyone's ass for right. anything like that. If they're like talking if loud s- on their phone, I'm like, "This is annoying," but whatever. Right. Like, I don't give a shit. You know, as much and as crass as it is, you know, if I'm seeing, if I see a bum peeing mm-hmm. on the subway, I'm not gonna walk him and go. Hey, can you pinch that off and zip it out? Like you just like look, it's gonna be done. It sucks. I'm not standing there. He's not peeing on me. I, I let's just let it go. Like you, you learn to turn a blind eye to certain things. You do. Yeah. And, and where I feel like in some smaller communities that wouldn't be the case. Oh no 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 no. Because yeah. a you know people a lot more. Right. You know this is the. Kevin, know, pinch it off and zip it out. God damn it, Kevin! <laughs> it's the third time this week. <laughs> You're gonna get a fine. Right. Um, yeah, it's not like, to mention a yeast infection. <laughs> it's one of those things where I, I I feel like because of the environment of that sort of stuff, it's just you know, I, in general, we've talked about this before. Like, I see people like dancing down the street, whereas you did that in small town. Someone's like, "Kevin's on meth again." You know, right. get the taser and the dogs. Like, right. people just assume that you're crazy. Yeah. Um, and people can do that because they just like, I'm not gonna see these people ever again. Fuck them, and they just do whatever they want. Exactly. They, they yeah. Off. Yeah. So. It, I think that can wear you. That's that's really worn on me. Where I just, it's 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 unfortunate. Where I think, to an extent, well, because that's the thing too is, there's always the assumption that they're like, well, someone's here to clean this up. Right, right, exactly. S- someone's going to clean this up. I'm like, yeah, but we don't have to make it worse for them. Right. You know? Or or just the other notion of that's one piece of trash in a very large world. Mm-hmm. What's my one piece of trash going to do? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> like it, and it's. Great, yeah, but you get, you know, two billion people thinking the same way, and now all of a sudden we've just got a fucking shitty city. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, it's the same thing like if you go and stay Not that a, there's two billion people in Chicago, because sure. I know I'll get called out on that by either Hager or Wayne, so. And rightfully so. All right, yeah. But, you know, if, if you know, I, I it's funny because I think in different countries, the standard of that sort of stuff is a lot higher, where if someone were to graffiti or something, they would get tackled yeah, by right. a citizen and get the shit beat out of them right. because they're like, hey, no. We don't do that. Right. Like that, that's not acceptable. It's a very interesting, as far as we as a, as a society in this country, it's a very interesting place that we are at. It's, I think it kind of comes along with that freedom stuff. Right. Where people are like, you know, you can't stop me. I, I can do what I want. Right. You know, right to free speech, right to this, right to that. I'm right like, to yeah, smoke on a train. But you're an asshole. Right. You know, because and that and that's the frustrating thing yeah. is, is the assumption that someone's going to clean it up. Like, I remember... A couple years ago when Joe and I went back to the Quad Cities, kind of what we were talking about the other day, we went to Famous Dave's. Mm-hmm. It's Jill and I, and there was this party of like eight at this table. And man, when I say it was stereotypical, like just bad kids and bad mm-hmm. family, I mean, it was kids running all over the place. And their table looked like a fucking nightmare. Right. A fucking nightmare. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> And, I mean, we're talking just – there's just stuff everywhere. Glasses, crumbs, like, inordinate about stuff. Not like a normal, like, this has been a table of eight people. There'll be things. It was like 
there it was unusual. It looked like a battleground. And I'm like, and these people just get up and walk away. Like, well, it was someone's job to clean this up. I'm like, yeah, to an extent to clean up, but not to just be like, oh, well, we're going to make an extreme mess. Whenever I've taken Natalie anywhere, I make sure I clean up every single thing that she does. I don't care if she drops one Cheerio, I'm going to pick it up. Right. Because that they're not here to clean up after my child. Right. And I don't want that to be the case because I know people dread when they see kids coming anyway. They're like, oh, boy. Absolutely, yeah. Here we Again, go. Again, reasonable expectations. Yeah. You should have a reasonable expectation of what is expected of these fucking people. Well, not only that, it's like, do you treat your own house that way? Right. No. Right. So they're like, great, we're on vacation. We can just treat this other place just like a piece of garbage. Yeah. It's like, mm, no. That's not how this works. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I... I disagree with that. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the stuff that gets frustrating is when you, even someone as simple on the train is like there, you know, I remember going to sit on a seat in a train and there was like a peel peels from an orange just sitting on the seat. Someone had peeled an right. orange and just left it all on the seat. I'm like, take it with you. Right. And fucking throw it away. Like why? First off, ew. Yeah. Why are you, why are you eating an orange on the train? That's gross. Second, if you're going to, if you have to do it, hold on to your rind. Yeah. Come on, guys. I just see so many times where just random things are just left. And I'm like, there's literally a garbage right there. Right, right. Just throw it out, right. man. Like, why? why? And, and that's the stuff, especially when you live in a city, it wears on me. Yeah. It wears on me where I'm just like, you know, sometimes I think the villains in those movies are right. <laughs> you know, Let them where, all burn. Where, to a certain extent, there's got to be something that happens. And I don't right. know what that is. But we live in a very comfortable society, culture. Where, you know, I think the other day, like, Natalie, Natalie wanted to take a shower. She saw I was taking a shower. I'm like, fine, come in here, take a shower. We were in there for a little while. I'm like, we're taking for granted that we're using a lot of water here. Right. I was like, this is probably not okay. Yeah. But I'm like, nah, what are you going to do? You know, like, yeah. but I was conscious in that moment. I'm like, nah, we've been in here a little while. We probably need to get out of here. Yeah. Like, this is just, this is using up a lot of water. And Right. While in this moment, it's fine because we can handle it. I'm like, long term, like, this can't be. And that's the thing. We've just gotten so accustomed where we, you know, like, I think about Natalie. She's just like, in that door, there's food all the time. Right. Doesn't know how it gets there. Right. But food exists. That's where the applesauce is. That's where the yogurt is. Life is good. Right. It just materializes. I turn, I push this button mm-hmm. and Moana comes on. Exactly. I push this button and other things come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm entertained. Yeah. Like, there's no thought into... Okay, what does it take to power this sort of stuff? What does it take to, if we're done with this, do we just throw it away or do we recycle it? Right. You know, like, what what are the long-term ramifications for our actions? And people are just, I don't know if I'd call them lazy, but, you know, uninformed. It sounds like you're calling babies out, really. Fucking babies. It sounds like you're saying babies are kind of the crux of the problem here. Well, I think about, you know... In the past, when I had, like, a computer that I didn't want right. or was done with, I'd just throw it in the garbage. And I'm like... Yeah, and you're like, did I just throw a couple hundred dollars, several hundred dollar piece of machinery into the garbage? Yeah, I'm like, what are all the parts in there? Right. Like, you're, it, it does feel kind of odd to, to just chuck a computer. Well, nowadays, yeah. like, and Jill's really, she's super into recycling, so, like, I question everything wherever oh, it goes yeah, all yeah. the time. But yeah. I'm like... You know, a lot of people are just like, oh, no, we don't recycle. Right. I'm like, really? Like, your building doesn't offer it or whatever. Or, you know, I go back to Kirksville and people are like, oh, yeah, we don't do that. And I'm like, really? 
Like, okay, it kind of seems like something we should do. I th- and I think it, part of it's just lost on you know what it takes to make a lot of this sort of stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think the long-winded point I'm trying to make is just that um, you know people grow up just thinking things exist and that they will always be there. There's no consideration on how they get there <clears throat> and what the whole process is that surrounds it. Yeah, and and it's it's something where I'm like, eh, to think that we will always have running water, clean running water, right. is uh, a luxury. Kind of presumptuous, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, it has existed in this country for a long time, longer yeah. than pretty much anyone can remember. Yeah. You know, but it 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 has not always existed. Some other countries have had it, and it has gone away. And some other countries have never had like it. It's just one of those things or where you, get a you don't place know. Like Flint, Michigan, where right? It's fucked right in their backyard, you right know? there. Yeah, and it's like okay, that could happen anywhere. And it's just imagine if that happened in Chicago. Oh my! Like God. again, not not that it's any more important than Flint, but no. with the you know as many more people as there are, like it would be <sighs> bedlam. That'd be chaos. It would be bedlam here. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about lack of supplies. Yeah. And and then you know in Jill and I's case, I know Jill would be livid just how are we can take care of natalie right you know like how are we how are we gonna take care of that? and then that's where you humanize it when you look at flint and there's people with kids right that are like my kids are sick right you know? what am i going to do or this and using... we can't i ha- i can't just leave i have a job <laughs> yeah. that, is, that i have to do to provide to now take care of my kids that are now sick because of it. like it's this this cyclical thing that or yeah. it's like they were using baby wipes, and baby wipes don't kill germs. Right. So they thought just by doing that they wouldn't get sick, and they still got sick. It's just it's there's just a lot of that stuff, and it sounds I don't know. It's when we're talking about reflecting on things, right. and kind of putting things in perspective, I, I think that's really important sometimes to be like, all right, where does this electricity come from? You know, where where do these TVs come from? Where does this food come from? <laughs> right. You know, like, it, it, it's good to c- kind of consider that to some degree and just, you know, really think about when you're about to make a silly decision like, ah, fuck it, I'm just going to throw this on the street. Right. It's like, yeah, okay, but where does that go? And who, what poor bastard has to pick it up? Because I think about that too. Like, you see just a cup here, a bag here, it's like in the in the subway. And I'm like, dude. You just thrown that away. Someone doesn't have to clean that up. There, that, there is literally trash cans all along yeah. this platform. Yeah. For you to not turn around, or you're not able to walk ten feet, and you just chuck it that under stuff, the tracks. That that is probably one of the lowest grade things that will like spike my anger. Yeah. When I see someone just deliberately do that, yeah, I'm like, dude. I, I used to be terrible at, yeah. at 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 littering. I would litter all the time. Like I would be in the, be in the car. Packing, you know, once when I smoked, like we'd be packing a sure. pack of cigarettes, take the wrapper off, roll the window down, throw the wrapper out. Mm-hmm. Didn't even, it wasn't even a consideration for me, you know. Yeah. Uh, get done with some McDonald's, throw the fucking wrapper out the window. Mm-hmm. Did it was not a consideration of mine, and it wasn't until I it was it was this this perfect like uh, point where I hit a certain age, and I met Beth, and I was like things were changing in my life, and I realized. What a dick I was! I was like, "This is what am I doing? Like, yeah. what what's wrong with me? What the fuck?" And I, I felt this like wash. I distinctly remember a time just feeling a wash of shame, yeah. thinking back on all the times that I had done that, and I went, "Where was my head at?" Yeah. And from that point forward, if I drop, like when I go to throw something out, like if I have a gum wrapper and yeah. I go to throw it in a trash can outside, if I miss, I will go 
like if it's windy, I will lock it down. I will pick it up and I will walk it back. I I will not allow myself to not throw something out yeah. in the proper receptacle any longer just because I feel so terrible for all the years that I didn't give a shit. Yeah. And now when I see it, same thing. Like I just fucking go from zero to red in like no time. That's just you know. Especially I was walking behind uh, a dude the other. It, I mean, it was mm-hmm. a different different guy than when I said, "Excuse me, drop this." Yeah. I didn't say anything to this guy, but he was eating. A Reese's, uh-huh. and I saw I saw him take it out of a bag. He unwrapped it, and I just saw without him even dropping his arm. Like he was so fucking into getting this Reese's in his fat fucking mouth <laughs> that he just eat un, unsheathed it, and some of his fingers let it go, and it just like billowed out from like in front of him around his body and like hit the ground. Yeah. I was like, you you're that concerned about consuming this piece of fucking sugar candy that you can't like you don't even. You're not even throwing it in the ground. You're just discarding it mid-eat. Like yeah. it was such a just a blatant disrespect of yeah. Like something about that. I was like, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt that maybe that slipped out of your hands. It's cold and it's windy. Yeah. Maybe you're not willing to go after it. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to give you the benefit of that doubt. But man, I just want to take your face and put it in a wall. Yeah. Like that so pissed me well, off. I have these really weird like superhero fantasies. <laughs> Where I know where you're going with it. Where too. the idea is that <laughs> in in my newly realized society, uh, whatever you consume is somehow tagged to you, so that if you were Ooh, to I throw like something that. away, it will arrive in your apartment. Dude, or, or your place I did not see you going there with that. That's so, like, brilliant. If you don't get it where it needs to go, it will find its way back to you. That is brilliant. So it's like that would give you comfort going like, well, that's gonna be back in your apartment, fucker. Like it will yes. it will somehow teleport there or whatever. Like it, it will materialize in your it will go to you. So you just walk in and you've got like a a large McDonald's cup of half drunk orange soda just spilled over your carpet mm-hmm. and it's all sticky mm-hmm. and fuck you because of it yeah like oh my god that would be amazing it would be well first of all it would be a great way to just sort of I'm like so into this track how much you know <clears throat> waste right you have during the day that you don't get where it needs to go right because well, you, you don't see it when yeah. it's out again in the big in the big yeah. world it just it it flitters off and you don't yeah. even see it but if you could have it in this compact area that you need to inhabit yeah right. oh man people would be a lot more concerned about that because it'd be like whoa wait this is gonna it's coming back to you no matter what right so take care of it right the first time yeah otherwise it's coming back to you yeah my other thing i like to do is i like to imagine that i've been in several situations where Either I have a neighbor that's playing their music insanely loud or I'm on the train and someone is playing their music and they, for some reason they can't afford fucking headphones. Oh, through their phones? I can't fucking stand that. And they just have it on speaker. Yeah. And I was like, dude, get your shit off speaker. I just want to wave my hand and have everything inside that thing melt. <clears throat> like it just goes... And just... It's just like just the worst possible way that that thing could happen. It would just basically... And they'd be like, what the fuck? Right. It's not working. This is the third time this has happened to me on my commute. I'm like, yeah, because you keep running into me, motherfucker. Because you're goddamn right. Or all of a sudden, like, the party that's going on next door, like, all of a sudden, I just imagine, like, the speakers just, like, just getting destroyed. Right. Just Just crumpling into a small ball. Not only that, but just on the the insides, all the circuitry just, like, burning out or whatever. So when they go to look at it, like, they can't, the only thing they can do is buy something new. Yeah. So I'm like, we can play this game, and you're going to be spending... Buttloads of money all day because bitch. all I'm yeah. gonna be doing is just melting and breaking your shit whenever I see it, right? Because, but is it's that fucking obnoxious? Is that not you taking justice into your own hands, Doug? Yeah, it's it's the lowest level of vigilantism you could think of. 
Doug, you're like the Punisher. All right. I don't know if I agree with this. I'm like a white belt Punisher. Why don't you? <laughs> I'm like a white belt Punisher. I'm like a Nick Jr. Punisher. Yeah, right. <laughs> what are you going to do? Your garbage is going to show back up in your apartment. Ha ha. That's you know? moderately annoying. Ah, I destroyed your electronics because you were being really inconsiderate. Ha ha. No, I'm not happy about this at all. Go buy again. I hope you had a warranty. <laughs> doesn't matter. It's a void because it doesn't count for melting. Ha <laughs> ha. You know. I mind melted it. Ah! No warranties against that. I just go, <laughs> you know, it just melts. I'm just like, you know, just it's shit like PG that. It's Punisher you can I know. imagine. Exactly. I love it. For those little I slights. I because, yeah, yeah. because also, to <laughs> me, those are the most impactful punishments. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That would probably stop that behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Like if people were like, dude. I had it playing speaker level, or I had this raging party. You know, all of a sudden, I would want them to slowly realize: wait, when I don't do this, everything's fine. Right. But the second I'm an asshole, my shit gets melted. Do you think they would even notice that though? People, people like that who operate on that level. Do you think they notice that? Do you think they can be trained out all of that? I'd have to say is the stock of Best Buy would go up because people would be buying a lot more electronics. It's <laughs> not the question, Doug. Um. <laughs> I, I it would be fun because they'd be spending a lot of money to Absolutely, keep learning yeah. that lesson. But so. I just I wonder if people are so some people are so narcissistic or sociopath whatever it is they just can't you know I don't know which one of those things sure. I'm referring to but yeah. Wayne will probably tell me probably narcissist um, but like they're so fucking just they, I would say they they're not self aware they're right. dense they're just yeah. they they don't understand that their actions have repercussions mm-hmm. I, I I would assume that. I don't know. I feel like those people, I don't, is there any retraining them? Boy, uh, you hit on like actions that have repercussions. Like that's a lesson that people have to learn the hard way. Uh, Well, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, my parents were really good at instilling the repercussion part of that stuff. Again, we bring it back around full circle. Yeah. Is it start with the parents? Like when Natalie hits you, does then, does she not get the thing? Oh, don't worry. She's, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I can't wait till she gets older and we can fully communicate because she's going to tell me what she wants and what she likes and I'm going to take those things away from her. Right. And you're just like, so. look, see, repercussions for it. Does, it. does it then come back to the parents? And then that goes back to our initial question is, is that just genetically ingrained or think, is that I taught? I think it's both. I think part of it is taught and part of it's the environment. Yeah. Because you can be taught, hey, don't litter, don't litter, don't litter. But if everyone around you littering, you're like, what's the point? You know? Part of that is your character too, where you're like, "Hey, look, I'm still not going to do it because fuck that." You know, like I'm very, you know, I'm not, I'm not a saint, but I'm just very anti-piracy. Like I really don't want anything that's been pirated. Yeah, I don't trust the quality of it. I don't trust anything about it. I just, I want to spend money on anything that I consume when it comes to like media. Because to me, it gives it value. Right. And if I can just get that shit for free, there's no value to it. And right. I feel like it's it's lessened. And I don't like that. That's just where I am. I can't. I did that with Napster. And I just remember <laughs> downloading a bunch of stuff and never even listening to it. It, yeah. did, it had no value to me. And so when someone's like, Doug, what do you mean you haven't watched Game of Thrones? I'm like, I don't have HBO. You realize you can get it elsewhere. I'm like, yeah, and I don't care. I'll get it when I get it. All right. I just don't want to find that. I don't want to do that stuff that way. That's just... That's just how I am. That's one of the stances you're taking. Yeah, That's because fine. I was yeah. part of that industry for a while, and I was like, dude, that fucking sucks. That, right. like, you know. Well, you've seen who it hurt, like, who, who it affects in the, yeah. in the long run. And what's yeah. crazy is those same people are the same people that pirate shit. <laughs> I remember I talking to an actor and be like, he's like, he pirates. I'm like, how is how are you okay with what that? What are you doing? Yeah. Like, you realize that you was like, yeah, well, you know, it's not really, it's the studios. 
who get fucked and I don't really care about them. I'm like, no, it hurts a lot more people than that. I was like, give me a break. People think, ah, it's just corporate America. Fuck them. I'm like, no, no. Right. There's more to it than that. But that, that's a you know side topic and everything <laughs> like that. But you know, I think a lot of that comes from you know what's important as a parent. Yeah. You know, again, for me, I want Natalie to be a good human being. Yeah. I want her to be an asset to society. I want her to have value. And I want her to contribute to the world being a better place, as cliche as that sounds. I don't think anyone's like, I want my kid to be an asshole. Yeah. I want to be a dick. I want them to say, fuck everyone else and just take care of themselves. Because that's a common thing, too. Like, you know, you know how, when, when's the point where you take care of yourself versus helping others? Right. Because there's de- definitely a point where you're like, sorry. <sighs> you know. Yeah. Well, I think that that's another really good a really good something uh, a consideration to make is is you it's it's almost cuz i go back to like the like the airplane scenario you have to help yourself before you can help your child so mm-hmm. do you make sure that you're squared away before you attempt to take on helping others or do you could that take a lifetime for sure. to get yourself squared away in which case you've never helped others like when where where yeah. does that line come in where you can or do you do it incrementally where you do things that don't affect how you're taking care of yourself, but you know, maybe like, I don't know, buying a cup of coffee for some, for someone yeah. who's homeless or something, something very small that can kind of benefit someone else sure. or lending some time to tutor or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, no one, no one is going to take care. Ah, there's so many different ways we could go with this because I, I, you know, the people who are looking for handouts, the people who I can't, I can't help myself. No one else is going to help. Like, no one else should be expected to just help you. Again, we go back to expectations. Mm-hmm. No one should be expected to jump in and save you because they're, they all need to look out for themselves because they're not expecting anyone to come jump in and save them. At the same time, what if you are in a position where you're unable from a socioeconomical or a physical or a mental or whatever that you're not able to help yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, then is it on, is it on others to, should it be on others? Should the onus be on others to help that person? Yeah, I think as human beings, the answer should be yes. And that's where it's funny. Jill posted this uh, video the other day about a woman who had to go on food stamps. Yeah. And uh, she was a single mom raising a teenage son. Um, and she got let go from her law firm mm-hmm. where she was working. And she was like, it was humiliating. I hated every second of it. I had to go down there. I had to admit that I needed this assistance. And towards the end of the video, she's standing in line, and it was like she had gotten her jo- a new job and everything was good, and this was like her last like food stamps that she was sure, using. Yeah. So she had a big old cart of groceries, and this woman came up behind her and was like, God, that's right. It's the first of the month. All these people are here spending their food stamps, getting their stuff. And this woman like was really upset by it and didn't say anything at first, but then she like just left the line. And she goes, by the way, I'm on food stamps. And the lady yelled back, well, you don't look like someone who's on food stamps. So there's this weird perception of yeah. who's on food stamps. Right. And I think that's the thing that's also, and this could be a whole other thing where, and Jill and I were kind of talking about this briefly tonight, the idea of, you know, if people need help, you know, people who live, quote unquote, live off the government, they're not living stellar lives. No, no, not at all. They're not living the lavish life. They're not, you know what I mean? Like, right. I think there's this perception. I think at any time when you're giving some of your income to the government and part of that income goes to help other people right? and you see no return on that, 
it's there's some inherent frustration. Sure. With that, sure. You're like ah, my taxes pay for, the- yeah, because you never know when things are going to go wrong for you either. Exactly. There is absolutely no guarantee. I mean, at our last job, uh, you know, I was told, "Hey, you're getting laid off in 30 days." Right. And I was like, "Fuck," but I also didn't have a child at the time. Right. And I also, I didn't mind because I kind of want to quit the job anyway. I was right. like, well, this is decision being made for me. <clears throat> right, exactly. Um, but had it been a slightly different, had it, had it been now, I would put you in a whole different situation. 100%. What if it's a situation where it's like, hey, we got to cut back and you're just getting laid off because, you sorry, know. Because sorry, sorry. Yeah. Because sorry. It's like, uh, you know, stuff like that happens. I mean, no one plans to get fired. You know, no one's like, yeah, I saw this coming. Or I mean, probably some people. Are I like, mean, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it, it was. It's not surprising, but no one's like, yay, I got fired. Like, no, like, right. The idea of again, that's where kind of empathy comes into that too. Like, put yourself in that person's shoes and realize, hey, look, they need help. Right. And no one really loves going down there and applying for that and asking for that because there's some sort of judgment. Absolutely. It's like. Mm. Doug can't take care of himself. It's not a good good feeling, yeah. Yeah, who wants to be like, I'm a single parent and I can't take care of my child? Absolutely. I mean, how much does that kill you as a parent to have to go down there right. and do that? And so I look at that sort of stuff and I'm always like, guys, you know, these people aren't living the best lives. They're not sitting there living in a four-bedroom, four-bathroom house. Right. You know, just sipping liqueur and enjoying the the New Year's Eve, and even if they were, I would say, you know what? I think they deserve a day. Right, absolutely. People, I remember just seeing th- people bought lobster with food stamps. I'm like, hey, if that's in their allotment for the month, and they're gonna splurge and get fucking lobster because god damn it, they want to have a night where they have some fucking seafood. Right. Who gives a shit? Absolutely. What else are they supposed to get? Bread, mayonnaise. Right. That's it. Like, right. what else are they allowed to have? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to dictate what they get to buy with their food stamps? Yeah. Fuck off. Right. Like, like it's one of those things where you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating for me when people have a lack of perspective of what other people are going through. Oh, no, I would love to take those people. And, and I'm and as much of a dick in those situations, too. I've definitely been in situations where I totally don't understand, and I think I do. Right. And I run my mouth. Yeah, sure, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I had no idea the, what was going on with the that. The difference, though, is that I feel like there's a there's an aspect of you that is that is uh, uh, reflective and introspective, and you can go, uh, you know what? I realized that was very dumb of me to do. Like, mm-hmm. and then there are those who well, I'm buying lobster with you, blah blah blah. Like, those people. There are there are definitely some of those people who will never be able to see the other side of it. Yeah. You know, and those are the type of people who you just want to go. I'll tell you what, spend a week, spend a week, you hang out with this, hang out with this person who's buying this lobster with these food stamps. Hang out with them for a week. Mm-hmm. You do every single thing they do and see where you're at at the end of the week. Yeah. If you still feel the same way, great. But let's see if you let's see if you feel differently. Let's yeah. see if you see kind of behind the curtain a little bit. If yeah. that changes your mind, there. Yeah, it's it's really easy. I know in the past, like when I was growing up, the really super judgmental stuff that still to this day upsets me. Just from um, you know, I'll just say it, like my mom is very judgmental of people, um, and even to this day, she is. Uh, I love my mom, but she's got flaws, just like I do, and anyone else does. But like a lot I of mean, things. Not me, but- a lot of the first things that come out when she describes someone is how they looked, mm. you know, what are they doing? Sure. You know, and there's this always this tone of, mm, they're fucking up. Right. They've, they've fucked up their life, and I'm just like, don't. Don't do that. Like, I was reading an article from Crack talking about, like, misconceptions of poor people, and a lot of it is if you see a 35-year-old guy flipping burgers at McDonald's, you're like, mm, 
he fucked up. Right. It's like, I'm sorry, what's the right path that everyone has to get on Absolutely. in their life yeah. to be successful? We've got, we've got a friend uh, who lives in Seattle. Mm-hmm. They moved. They had a relationship kind of fall through. Mm-hmm. Um, they went, fuck it, I'm, I'm, I'm retooling. I'm mm-hmm. resetting everything. I'm moving to Seattle. Uh, always liked it. I always liked the that up there. They're a barista now mm-hmm. at Starbucks, and they fucking love what they do. That's awesome. And they are they are right around our age range, and fucking love what they do. And yeah. they're so happy. And their posts are just like I love seeing this person's posts. Yeah, and so happy, so happy. And, and I'm that's like, what yes, right there. You could easily walk in and go, mm, "You're mid thirties and you're a barista. What happened?" And like, what happened is I fucking made a decision that made my life exponentially better. Because that's what the key is. Are you happy? Right. Because the thing that sucks is if you're 35 and you're stuck. Right. Or when I worked at the hotel and there's guys that had worked there for 15 years because they had no other options. Exactly. They either didn't finish high school or they had criminal records and they had good, they had it good with like the people that hired them. They're like, look, we're going to give you a break. Right. We're going to get you in here. They had no options, and that was so glaringly apparent to me that it made me so sad. Right. When well, I'd seen guys, I'm like, this guy literally was like, my girlfriend's pregnant. I'm 18. I need a job. Right. And someone's like, come on in. Right. But they did not have, like, I don't think those guys could have typed up a resume. You know, like, I don't think those guys could have gone anywhere else There's and really progressed. There's nothing for them to do. Right. And that's what's depressing. Or flip the script there. Another 35-year-old in an office job hmm. making six figures. Mm-hmm. You know, but wants to blow his fucking brains out yeah. because he cannot stand what he's doing in his life. Sure. But looked at as successful. Exactly. You know, like it, it's it's this weird outside perception looking in and you don't really know what that deal is. Like, yeah. you know, it's that looking at all three of those scenarios, you don't know what that, you know, menial job has no other option. Uh, you know, uh, taking a job that absolutely makes your life that much better or working in what society perceives as like the pinnacle of success and cannot fucking stand to wake up in the morning. Yeah. Like it, you don't know outside looking in is a totally different story than what 100%. those people are experiencing. And that's, and that's what really sucks is because, you know, I, I when, when I think about people getting judged for that, you know, I'm like, look, how many people know what the fuck they want to do? Right out of the gate. Very few people do, and very few people know what they think they know what they want to do, and then they're also successful at it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I had different ideas growing up as, as to what I wanted to do. Hell yeah. And I was going to be a nuclear physicist for a while because I thought the name sounded fun. Uh, optometrist for some reason. There you when go. I was in second grade. I was like really interested for a hot second on how eyes work. Right. Wanted to be an optometrist. Okay. Garbage man. Yeah. Uh, I used to go around my grandma's house. I put white gloves on, and I would empty the garbage, and then I would go hang off the back of my grandfather's RV. Nice. She loved it because her garbage got emptied. But go. again, I was just like, yeah, garbage man. I'm like, nope. Sure. I grew out of that. I'm like, that's not what I want to do. Yeah. But I was hell-bent for leather that I was going to do it. Yeah, I was just – There's you see all that sort of stuff, and, and you know, society's set up in a certain way where a lot of things are considered successful and right. not like we've talked about. And and that's what I don't like judging people on because I'm, my, my question is always, are you happy? Yes. Because if you're happy, fuck it. Don't care what it is. Right. Because you could be a barista and be fucking thrilled with life. Good for you. You could be a salesperson that does door-to-door sales, which apparently is still a thing. Really? To some degree it is. I'm Interesting. like, good. For, and if they love it, great. Right. If you love what you do. If you got the good leads from Mitch and Murray, then good for you. You got the good fucking leads from Mitch and Murray because 
coffee is for closers. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, that's what it boils down to. And to quote the Lord and Savior, Joe Rogan, and, uh, you know, uh, wow, I can't think of the guy who does um, hardcore history, Dan, Dan Carlin. Carlin, you know, to just get, you know, you think your track is you have to get a job to be happy. Right. And that's not the case. All right. Like, you need to find what it is that makes you happy. So that you can be happy. Right. One of my favorite stories from that podcast, the Dan Carlin and Joe Rogan podcast, is when uh, Dan Carlin used to be in radio, and the new the new station guy came in. He's like, "All right, we're gonna, you know, whatever. We're gonna change this up." He's like, "Dan, you're gonna be. We're gonna have a billboard that says Dan Carlin fucks chickens." He's like, "What? No, we're not doing that." He's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. People are gonna be interested." He's like, "No, I I have to live in this community." Right. And I'm not going to be known as the guy that fucks chickens. Right, because the, the new program director was like, the, the first thing they think of when they think of Dan Carlin is he fucks chickens. Yeah. It's like, that's not what I want the first th- the first image that people get of me is that. He's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's not what I want to do at all. Uh, and he got, you know, he didn't see eye to eye with that guy. Yeah. And it was just like, that's a situation. And Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. He's like, dude, there's people that are sitting in cubicles right now losing their minds because they feel like they don't have any choice. Right. They're sitting there. They're they're drones because they have to. They feel like they have to when they really want to do something else. Right. Which is where I loved his idea of universal income came in with the idea that did they talk about in that episode? Not in that episode. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I haven't know, gotten to that point then. No. On on paper, it, you know, it surely makes sense. But universal sure. income is way more you know complicated. But the idea of you take whatever time you need to then develop the skill that you want to develop. Right. It could be whatever it is. It could be learning a program. It could be learning to f- do photography. It could be, you know, learning to be a doctor. Right. Whatever it takes, just giving yourself that basic income so you can learn to do what you want as opposed to, oh, Christ, I got to get a job. Right. And because that's the thing, too. I thought I was stuck because I got a job to, you know, help pay for stuff while I was in grad school. And I got stuck in a fucking hotel job for six fucking years. Right. I was like, how am I ever going to get out of this industry? You did not see a way out. Because Jill, being the HR professional that she is, she's like, your resume has to make sense. Yeah. And right now, I was like, I'm a slave to my resume, which says six years, hotel, hospitality, customer service. Right. And thank Christ for Drew. Right. Drew was able to pull me out and get me into assignment desk. And then fortunately, that aligned perfectly with my current job. Right. Where I was able to transfer from there. But I was like, I'm fucked. Right. I would be doing customer service the rest of my life just because I needed a job. Right. Out of college, like while I was in college, and I had no way else because everyone's like, "Well, your resume says customer service. Why do you want to do this?" It's like, "Because uh, I don't want to do this anymore." Right? And people are like, "Too bad. See you later." Right. It's like, it doesn't make sense, and you get trapped before you know it. You're fucking trapped in a job that you fucking hate because you just had to pay the bills. And when you just have to pay the bills, you don't have a lot of skills to offer, and you're not. You may not even know what the fuck you want to do. I can't tell you how many times I talk with Jill. She's like. What do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Right. I don't know what my options are. That was the hardest conversation every time I had it with Beth. Yeah. Is that I, I was like, I don't know. I don't. I know I don't want to do what I'm doing. Yeah. But I don't know what it is I want to do. My question was always like, what are my options? Right. I was like, I don't know what my options are. Right. I was like, I, I know some things I'm kind of interested in. I would have loved. I'm sure if 34-year-old Doug went back to talk to younger Doug, I would have come off so patronizing. Oh, dude. Doug, let's talk about your strengths. Where are your strengths? We've got to put you in something that's going to accentuate your strengths. Yeah. Like, fuck off. Here's the thing. 34-year-old, 34-year-old Justin 
would have slapped the shit out of 24-year-old Justin, mm-hmm. and 24-year-old Justin would have slapped the shit out of 34-year-old <laughs> Justin. That would be an interesting thing to They see. would not have gotten, they would not have seen eye to eye because they're, man, you want to talk about what you're saying right there, like night and day of like, stop patronizing me, and the other one, where I was like, wake the fuck up. Yeah. You, you have options, yeah. Yeah. And you know what you wanted. That's the thing. Once, once I got down to what it is I wanted to do, it was so glaringly obvious, and I just, I never wanted to admit it, I never wanted to speak to it because I thought it sounded stupid. Yeah. I'm like, every, that's not possible. That sounds dumb. That sounds yeah. like a kid going, I want to do this. Yeah. And I was like, that's not a thing. And what was the thing that you ultimately wanted to do? Video production. There you go. Yes. And I started a fucking company and now yeah. I'm working at it. For me, it's teaching. Right. At the end of the day, I was, I didn't want to be, I was like, no, I don't want to be a teacher. Yeah. Because I didn't th- I was thinking only public school. Right. Sort of stuff. I'm like, no, it just destroyed my, my parents. It's just, you know, to some degree, it's destroying Dave right, right. now. I was like, I, can't, I don't want to do that. Right. But I didn't realize from, day, again, that first job, when new people came in, I got so excited. Right. I was like, I'm going to show you the ropes. I'm going to welcome you aboard. It's yeah. so great to have someone new here. And that was it right there. Yeah, and then college, Jill would be like, dude, you can really explain stuff well. She's like, you have a way of explaining something. And if I don't get it, you can say it in a completely different way. That'll help me figure it out. Right. And I was like, eh. <laughs> I just I just didn't realize that that was my strength and also kind of going along with that's performing right to some degree it's performance absolutely a part of me always enjoys to be in the spotlight for right. that sort of stuff and I, I always because there's another part of me that's super humble that's like no you don't you know like so <laughs> it was always kind of it's so also finding improv just right. just it's putting like two you know cable car uh, jumper cables on my nipples and just like turning on the juice, man. Let's do this, yeah. You know, and it just really shocked me to where I needed to go. Right. And I had to figure that stuff out. But I mean, again, to 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 tell someone, what do you want to major in? Figure that out between the right. ages of eighteen and twenty-two. Figure that out, and then hope you got it right. Right. Because you took on some debt. Hope you chose correctly. Uh, now go out and try to do that. And if you're like, oh, fuck, I don't like doing this. Or this isn't what I thought it was going to be because that shit happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck. Now what? Guess what you got to do? You got to get a fucking job to pay the bills and pay off your loans. And what if that's being a barista? What if that's going back home and living with your parents? What if that's name something where it's like it used to be like, you're 32 years old and living in your parents' basement. Ugh. It's like, yeah, because I need to fucking save up money, you asshole. Right. Or you know, or names. Again, just name something. Like, people have to pay their bills, but then they can, they run into that potential trap. Of it's like, well, this is what your resume says. I know. Since you were at Home Depot for five years, what's up with that? Like, why do you want to come over here and do finance? It's like, because I don't want to do Home Depot any longer. <laughs> yeah, but your resume says you were right. really good at stocking stuff. It's like, yeah, and I fucking hated it because there was no upward movement. Right. I had nowhere to go. Which is also where I feel like some of the some of that needs to get put back on the companies and the people who are doing the hiring because you need to look. There is an element of people who it is imperative that people look past that. It is imperative that people talk to someone and that the resume, maybe flip the resume over and look at the back that's blank mm-hmm. and go, tell me about yourself. Mm-hmm. Tell me what your interests are. Oh, what do man. you do? Like that is that is where I I feel like that is where if, if companies can start doing this, I feel like we will see a shift in what has kind of been put on. And I'm going to say this 
and this could open us, uh, open us up to another two-hour discussion. Woo! Uh, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to put a pin in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this, it, it's the thing that millennials have been uh, blamed for quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Is this, you know, they're not they're not getting the jobs, or they're not buying the houses, or they're not doing this or that. And the millennials are pissed because they're like, the jobs aren't there. We're not getting looked at for these jobs, or I don't have the experience. It's that catch twenty two that drives me up yeah. a goddamn fucking wall. They is love this. you need the experience. But we won't hire you until you have the experience. But to get the experience, you need to get hired by us. But we won't hire... And it's just this fucking circular fucking game you get caught in. And it's yeah. it's fucking impossible to break out of it. Yeah. The thing that needs to happen is that businesses need to flip those resumes over or throw them out altogether and go, tell me about you. Let's have a fucking discussion. And let's learn about where... What did you, what did you do in college? Mm-hmm. Did you take finance classes in college? How did that go? Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Did you understand it? What do you do in your spare time? Mm-hmm. What do you? Oh, great! What do you do in your spare? You tutor people in your spare time. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you tutor them in math? Great. So, like you know, like you start to get this bigger idea of who the person is. Can they learn fast? Are, do they pick things up? Are they set in their ways? Do they, you know, do they have a, a an artistic slant to them that they don't want to bring out? Do they have more of a pragmatic approach to things? Like how it, it, companies have to get past that in order for us to kind of turn this corner you're very passionate in the new about job market. This. I yes, can tell you're sorry. very, very... No, no. I like it. <laughs> I, I, I'm sensing I'm sensing the passion behind yeah. it because... Um, and I don't want to blame... I'm not trying to put blame on companies. I'm not saying it's yeah. their fault. But I think there needs to be a giant shift in how we view and how we do things. And it has to start at the company level. Well, I think part of it too is like there a lot of the stuff that frustrated me, which to this day I don't understand, is like when I worked... Six years at a hotel, could not get another hotel job to save my life. Which is beyond... To this day, I don't get it. I don't get get it, it, yeah. Like, I would apply to any fucking hotel job that I could, and honestly, only got a handful of actual interviews, and I was always like, if I can get in the door, I have a good chance. Right. And you made it to, like, second to last. I got to say, I I was second place so many times. Right. But I was like... So frustrated because I'm like, there's a direct correlation here. Why can't I get another job? Right. Like, why can't I get this job? And I was so frustrated by all that sort of stuff. But I was always the thing of like, I hated the, a lot of times some of these companies would have software where if you didn't have the certain buzzwords they were looking for, it would automatically reject you. Right. I had something that I applied for and within 15 minutes I was rejected. Which is bullshit. And Jill said, don't take that personally. Fuck that place. Right. Because if someone actually did it, they didn't take the time to look at it. And she goes, and it sounds like they, they didn't. And right. it was just some sort of robot <laughs> that was sifting through that. Right, keywords, and that's and it. it yeah. didn't, and you didn't hit it. Second thing that I thought that was interesting that Jill had mentioned to me, and I don't know if Illinois is implementing this anytime soon or not, but eventually a lot of states are uh, voting on a law that's not going to allow employers to ask what you previously made. Well, that's interesting. For the sake of... And I would love to have Jill come on and talk more about this. There's a problem nowadays with paying good people the right amount of money to stay. Yeah. Typical increases, 2 3%. Mm-hmm. However, if you leave your job and go somewhere else, you can get sometimes 10 to 12% extra. Right. So it encourages you to job hump. Job hump. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Just fucking own those jobs. Yeah. It encourages you to job hop. Yeah. To different places. Because 
they're like, well, we started you here, therefore we'll just have to increase that this much as opposed to paying the person what they should get paid. Because here's the thing. Let's say you're making $60,000 a year. You worked there for five years. You worked up to $70,000. Sure. I don't know if that math works out, but whatever. Whatever it is, yeah. And then you're like, all right, I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere else because you find something that's better. And maybe you got to 70. You found a place that's going to pay you 75, maybe 77. Right. And then they pay someone 80 to fill your spot. The, your initial company. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> or 75. Right. But now they have to also reinvest all the time and money and expenses. And into that's just going to go higher and, yeah. where it's like if you if you can find a way right. to figure out what the fair price is, you don't have to do adjustments down the road either. Right. Because that's a common thing where people are like, well, three years ago we were doing this. It's like that's three years ago. Right. Like that may not be the market value of what you need for people right now. Sure. Absolutely. And if so if they don't ask you and they don't know where you currently are, could be good, could be bad. Yeah. Uh, but if they're like, we know roughly what we want to pay this person, and you know they come in, they say this is what it is, and if it's a hundred percent more than what you were making, so be it. Right. Like it doesn't have to be like, oh, well, Justin's last job was forty thousand. Right. Even though this job typically pays sixty to seventy, we're going to come in and offer him fifty. Right. Because it's still going to give him more than what he's expecting, but we don't have to pay him as much. Exactly. Yeah. We can't double it forty percent or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like what the fuck, man. Pay it was pay it what it's worth. Yeah. As opposed to be like, well, we'll keep it incremental. It's like, mm, no. What's the job worth? Right. And pay him that way. So that would be kind of something interesting that I would like to see if that would happen. That would be a very. I feel like that that paired with with the looking past the the resume, I think is. It's a recipe that I feel like is going to help. Like, again, I don't know if it's even anywhere near possible, but something needs to happen to to change the way that every that everything is right now because we're in a we're in a weird bubble where people are. I think a lot of people are just fucking frustrated. A lot of people are frustrated with either not being able to get work, not being happy in the work they're in, or not feeling like they are. Well, I guess that'd be not happy with the work they're in, not feeling that they're properly compensated or or, or appreciated. If you had to give a percentage of how many people you think are just settling. And just doing a job just to do it versus the people that are truly happy in what they do. What percentage would you give the people that are unhappy versus unhappy? 60%. Right. So you say, I think that's pretty good. I think it actually seems almost too low. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. You think 60% in general of people are just settling and just doing a job. I would say so. I, I think that's probably the minimum. Yeah. I think it's probably a little bit higher. I would. I could be easily convinced to go higher on yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I think most of the people that I talk to aren't that happy. Right. They're like, that's eh, it's a job. Like, it's like, fine. Right. They're not. They're not. And, and part of that may be they don't know what they want to do. That could be too. They don't know what's out there, what's possible, but they're there and they're doing it. But eh, is it like they're, and I'm not saying that it has to be their dream job where they're like, I'm a rock star. But, you know, for example, my case, like finding my, where I, where I do the most damage, so to speak, like. You know, finding people that are kind of like, or like my dad, yeah. fucking loved coaching. That was his jam, and right. he got to do that. Like, he loved his job, for better or worse, whatever came, bullshit came along with it, loved what he did. Um, you know, I feel like, I think I think 60% is a nice conservative guess. I would agree with you on that. What's the high end you would go? I think I would go maybe, and this may be just cynical, high as 80%. Yeah, I could see that. I, could I see just think that. on average, the people that you talk to, I mean, go to a random place. Right. Pick a place. One of my least favorite places, Jewel. Right. 
You go to Jewel. Fuck, people hate their lives. Stop someone on the street and just say, hey, do you like what you do for a living? Yeah. I right. mean, see, go to any business. Talk to anyone on the phone from any business. Right. If someone gives a shit and likes what they do, you're going to tell. Yeah, immediately. You'll know. You'll know. You can tell. Like, you go to Disney World. I love bringing them up. People like what they do down there. Right. They're right. excited. They're going to they're gonna make small talk. They're going to chat you up. They're going to find a way to connect with you versus the polar opposite, Comcast. <laughs> you call Comcast, you pretty much know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a long wait time, and maybe you'll get your stuff resolved. Who knows? Yeah. You know, and it's it's one of those things where I think a lot of that just comes down to, you know, people got to eat, you know, and they're going to do what they got to do to, to to take care of that. Yeah. And I don't think they even have the luxury of going, what do I really want to do and how do I get there? Yeah. Well, I mean, if they're if they're if they're lacking an idea for what they want to do, there is always one thing that they can go to. A throwdown. Oh, goddamn right it is. Goddamn right. You can always go to the throwdown. Always go to the throwdown. Today's throwdown. He's in honor of our last guest. Ah. So it's a holdover that I, I've got a bunch of things that I wrote down. Mm-hmm. I've got a bunch of one-sided oh boy. throwdowns. I have so-and-so verse and blank. And I was like, oh, so-and-so verse, blank. It'll come to me. Nice. And then this one I was like, oh, so-and-so verse, so-and-so. I'm like, yeah, we'll do this one. Because these two people were mentioned and compared mm-hmm. in that episode. I'm okay. like, I like this. So we're going to do... Boba Fett uh-huh. versus Captain Phasma. Ooh, I like this. Well, we because know because I feel like we have enough. We have an equal amount. Take the prequels out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have an equal enough backstory mm-hmm. off of four through eight that we can work off. That that they they have an equal amount of backstory. I feel like yeah before they perish because we're not going to deviate into any other sort of. We've like, got a movie and a half of each. <laughs> nice. Um. Well, I'll say this. Phasma's armor is the only one that I've seen that reflects blasters. Exactly. So that's a huge plus. Huge win in her bottom. But I think you're going here, too. Boba Fett's pretty mobile. Well, he is. And he's also got a ton of gadgets. He does have a ton of gadgets. Like, I feel like he's really... He's like he's got Batman. When he just, like, pulls out, he's like, oh, he's got that, too. But what gadgets does he really do in episodes four through eight? I mean, he, well, that's a fair point. So he's got his he's got his uh, jetpack. Uh-huh. He's got his blaster. Uh-huh. He's got his uh, rope thing, right? His little batarang, right? Or his, well, he's uh, got something because he ties up Luke a little bit in Return of the Jedi when right. he's on like, Jabba's right. place. Um, so he's got those three. Does he not have... Expl- I thought I saw him p- pull out some sort of a thermal detonator explosion thing. Like, Doesn't he have like some bombs on him somewhere? I don't think so. No? Am I making that up? Okay. That happens in Return of the Jedi, but that's Leia in disguise who pulls out the right. thermal right, right. detonator. When she's got... Chewy. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, and that voice that I've never been able to stand. Yeah. There's <laughs> so something about that that the modulation on that. I do not yeah. like that. I do like in that scene though, like after she negotiates and everything, and Boba Fett basically like nods or like gives him like a well done yeah. sort of thing, and like, but then the latest character goes Chupa. <laughs> what? This is really weird. Um, you'll hear it next time you watch it. Yeah. Chupa. Chupa. Uh, so, um, however, I would say that his rocket pack, not super agile. It can just get him to some different spots. Again, Very fair. The prequels show him a lot more accurate with that. I'm not going with that. Well, actually, we don't even know because technically it's Django. 
Yeah, it's not that's, even Boba. That's very true. So from what we've seen, but hypothetically, he inherited all the same things that his father had. But from those movies that right. we've seen him actually acting, he he goes, he can jump from some place to some place. But we don't really right, right. actually see him like hovering in place and like shooting stuff. He just sure, kind of sure. like goes and goes. Um, he obviously has a ship, but I think that's irrelevant here. Yeah. If we're just doing a one-on-one. So does he have a rocket launcher anywhere? Django did ah, okay. at one point. Maybe like, that's where I was the thinking back. the bomb came from. He he like leans down and shoots it off the yeah, back yeah, of his, yeah. his shoulder pack. So Phasma has she can reflect blasters. So naturally. That's naturally good. Um, she's obviously military trained. Trained, yes. Uh, so she has, you know, obviously blasters. She's also got pretty pretty decent hand to hand combat. Yep. But she's got that extendy toothpick thing. But she's wearing a cape. <laughs> capes always. If you've watched The Incredibles, you know. Don't wear. Capes. Don't wear capes. <laughs> so true. Capes get you killed. That is true. <laughs> capes get you killed. Kids, remember this. Capes get you killed. I feel like Boba Fett would uh, use that to his advantage. I, if nothing else, I feel like yeah. I feel like Boba Fett would use the With cape. Nothing else, he would throw that over her head. <laughs> he like, whoa, where am I? Almost like oh, hockey fighting. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where am I? Oh boy. Um, I feel like yeah. I feel like hand to hand. If it was straight up, flat out, hand to hand, I feel like I'd have to give it to Phasma. I agree. I think now that Phasma's just bigger than him. He's she's she is bigger. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so. she would dominate him in that regard in that realm. But no, her her she does have you know plus five in armor, mm-hmm. so that would be harder to penetrate. But I feel like with some of the gadgets that he has, paired with the fact that uh, she has a cape, <laughs> I really feel like I I kind of got to give it to Boba Fett on this one. I'm trying to think. I feel like Boba Fett's craftier and scrappier. Yeah. But I don't know if that's going to amount to what she has. You could be crafty and scrappy, but if you're facing a tank, there's only so much you can do. You right. But mean? don't forget that that she got her helmet cracked open. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like the armor she's can't not, be. She's not impervious. Right. But I don't expect Boba Fett to have anything that's a bludgeoning weapon that's going to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. what hits her is like a very big hefty piece right. of equipment not to say that Boba Fett couldn't find whatever is in the surroundings but his big thing is going to be blasters yeah from a distance from mid-range which are going to reflect I'm going to say they're going to reflect sure. be like, well, technically the blaster that he has is actually works at a different hertz right. level yeah and the, it, I don't give a shit we saw it reflect he's off he's using of, ultraviolet light you know because honestly the blasters they're all the fucking same really unless someone's sniping I don't I'm not going to give anyone shit just so. call it what it is so so to that regard, I feel like Phasma has a huge advantage because I don't know what he has at close range weapon wise that we've seen that's going to be super effective. So the, th- the the we keep saying he has gadgets, but really, what have we seen him use? So the one the one thing the one way I keep seeing this playing out is they're going round and round for a while, and I see him shooting the the grappling hook thing at her feet, hooking her feet up, using the blaster pack to jettison backwards and he just pulls her off the side of a ledge okay like I, I feel like if he can if he can get a clean shot on that he can take her off her feet use the blaster pack to either take her off a ledge or go up and just drop her head first it's not bad because I don't see her being quick either. that's the other thing is that I mean we haven't seen her move with any brisk pace she just against can't. Finn she was definitely she was definitely moving but he was also not the best warrior we never once saw her run that's or even fair walk too. fast, right? With purpose, like she was always just 
walking around like yeah. Bane to some degree with just this imposing yeah. thing. So I don't know how quickly she could close the distance. So right. that could keep Boba Fett at bay, which would allow him to do that. So I would definitely agree with you that that could be because her her other thing is like, do her blasters pierce his armor? I would say yes, because we haven't seen them reflect. Right. So armor in that in that in those movies is really stupid because they don't really protect against anything. There's no reason for it. So the question is, is she a crack shot? Right. Which I would have to believe she is if she's, she's a definitely she probably has better better military skills and better aiming. So I would assume that. Boba Fett would have to be incredibly accurate and very, like, he'd have to nail that maneuver right. to pull that off because uh, I have a feeling she could easily get him pinned down. Yeah, okay. Um, And then if it got to close combat, I think she would just destroy him. So I say Boba Fett has a means to kill her, a very specific means, but I feel like Captain Phasma has, more, has much less difficult and more accessible ways of killing Boba Fett, so I'm going to lean in her direction. Just because she has a few more, she's got more options than she has yeah. more options. They don't have to be ta- they don't have to be very precise. She literally just has to shoot him, and whereas with him, the burden on him is to essentially outmaneuver her, and which I don't think it'd be hard to do. In fairness, outmaneuver her. But because that's what he does. Remember, weapons, he's, a, he's a bounty hunter. He is, but like that, that's what he does. But what he has at his disposal are blaster, a rope, and a jetpack. So really not seen him. I really and his blasters are not are going to be ineffective. Yeah. So, and if he gets too close, I imagine she would just overpower him. Here's the thing I will say from from a from a tactical standpoint. Boba Fett's whole job, the way he makes money, the way he lives, he survives, is by being a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. So he is forced to outsmart whoever he's after. Yeah. So based off of that, like his whole survival is dependent upon him constantly outsmarting the next person. Sure. I feel like from a tactical standpoint, he he I just I find it hard to believe that he's not gonna he's not gonna be out out able to outmaneuver her in that regard. I but it depends on who he's captured in the past, you know? Because I feel like she's going to be different than what he's going after. But if after. he's that's true. But if he's, I mean, he's a known like his name is known throughout the galaxy. Like mm-hmm. he's a he's a, a renowned bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. So you don't get that way by just going after low level criminals. You go oh, that yeah. way. You you get you get a name in the galaxy by going after people who, you know, probably like oh shit he got that. person. But we are also assuming that he has an entire dossier on her before he fights her. Or is this a? Oh, he went into cold. Or That's is this, fair. Or is this a just straight up neutral fight that they have to fight? So he's just like, oh, stormtrooper with shiny armor. I know how to deal with this. Uh-oh. Or is just like we have to fight. So the the deal went south. Right. You know the negotiation didn't go the way that was supposed to, and now he has to try and leave the base or wherever he is, and he runs into Captain Phasma, and they have to fight. Mm-hmm. I would like to think that he has some sort of base knowledge because I imagine you know bounty hunters also work with information brokers. Yeah. To some degree, so yeah. he probably would have some understanding. But I just I feel like, again, kind of like we always get down to with throwdowns. If if he has advanced planning, he knows everything about her, and he can plan and decide the battleground. He's obviously going to have an advantage sure. to that sort of stuff. But I think in a straight up neutral fight, sort of meaning that they something happens and like they have to fight in sort of quick quick circumstance right right um i'm going to probably give phasma the upper hand in that regard just because again boba fett can absolutely defeat her but what he has to do is so much is is more complicated than what she would have to do it's really a pain in the ass that her armor 
repels blasters. Like, that puts a, a, a kink in everything. Well, you know, it makes me think that if they can afford a fucking dreadnought, you know, spaceship and all this other technology to track people through right. hyperspace, why don't you give all of your fucking stormtroopers the same goddamn armor as her? Because then they're all shiny and how do we know it's her? She's got a cape. Yeah, she's got a cape. And it's also just like, then why do they wear armor? That's a good point. Because they just get shot and they die. Okay, so, so we're saying on statistical, statistically... If we were to run a couple of statistical, uh, you know, analyses on this, you know, a couple of run-throughs, I would say that it would weigh in Captain Phasma's favor. Captain Phasma for the win! Yay! <laughs> that was a good choice, by the way. Thank I really you. like that. That was a fun one to kind of break down. Uh, Star Wars nerds, get at us. What do you think? Captain Phasma versus Boba Fett. Who would win in that fight? Or Boba Fett versus Captain Phasma. Either way. Yeah, whatever you want. I mean, like, however you want to, however you, you want to approach it. You do you. Yeah. Nerds. Nerds. Uh, uh, yeah. I also want to say uh, to Haig, this episode brought you brought to you by uh, the Bleeding Hearts of Liberals. Ta-da. Everyone loves that, right? Kalima Shakti Day. <laughs> Andy, cover your heart. Cover your bleeding liberal heart. <laughs> that would be a great sketch. That, that guy really? just pulls out the hearts of liberals. <laughs> Copyrighted. We're working on it. No it's one else do that. Done. Yep. Done and done. Uh, you got anything you want to promote this week? Oh, man, that's a good question. I feel like I do, but I I don't know. <laughs> I watched the movie Bright on Netflix. I'd recommend it. It's not amazing. It's got flaws, but it definitely wasn't as bad as I thought because my expectations were low. Yes. <laughs> so hey, if you like fantasy kind of mixed with real world sort of social issues, it's worth a shot. Worth a shot. Check it out. It's 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I don't agree with that. Right. I think it should be higher. I wonder so, what the fan the fan one is. I think it was like in the 80s. See, there you go. So, Haig actually said something interesting, and we'll, we'll close real quick on that, is that he said, he goes, I don't really look at the critic side of it. He goes, I look at the fan side of it. He goes, because the critics, ironically, seem to be inconsistent, while the fans typically kind of hover in the in the in a consistent realm. It depends. I would agree with that too. Yeah. <laughs> but I it's the an truth interesting, lies it's in the middle way to look at it. So yeah. like if you see it really skewed, it's probably in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like if you got thirty on the critics and you've got eighty on the fans, it's probably somewhere in the sixties. Yeah. You it's know? probably in the middle. So I say it's worth checking out. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It's got Will Smith, uh Joel Egerton and a few other folks. It's worth checking out. Check it out. Bright. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. You guys can find us on Facebook. Uh, look for our page there, MindGap Podcast. We're also on Twitter at MindGap Podcast. And Justin exists in the digital realm. If you type in www.justinstanley.com to figure that one out, you can find me at Justin underscore Michael on Twitter and Instagram. It's spelled M I K E L. It's the fun way of spelling it. Yeah. Yeah. Did I say that twice? No? Good. Okay. I don't really know where I'm at. I'm going to get the papers. Get the papers. Uh, while you're in the online realm, check us out on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Spotify. Yay! We'd love it if you just took a second to subscribe to us on one or all of those platforms and give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Let other people know if they should check us out and if you like this. And if you do like this, please share it around. We yes, would please. love for you to be like, hey, Grandma, I got a, a podcast you are just going to shit your depends over. Yeah. And send it her way and let's see what happens. Um, also, twoestate.com slash mindgap and twoestate.com slash slash, not splash, slash the best bar podcast ever is a uh, another podcast that I do almost every Monday with Mila Stavanovich. Uh, it's about the bar industry, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, so you guys have an awesome New Year's. Yes, be safe. Don't get your expectations up. Yeah. And remember, lose 20 pounds in the first three days. And remember, smart goals. Smart That's goals. That's where it's at. <laughs> See you guys next year. Mind Gap Podcast.